Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. The Bible declares that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 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 We bless God for this season, the Advent season, where we celebrate the gift of Christ. Amen. Amen. May we stand for our congregational scripture reading on this morning. Reading from Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7, let's read together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Father, we bless your name on this morning and we thank you. God, we exalt you and we lift you up before the world to declare your greatness and your majesty. Father, thank you so much for indwelling in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the Prince of Peace. We thank you for the Prince of Life. We thank you for our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And God, we celebrate him on today. God, we pray now that as praise and worship is ushered in, God, that we would approach you with pure minds and hearts, that we would seek not only your hands, but we would seek your face. Father, thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God said amen. amen. Oh, come on, put your hands together. Give God some glory. Anybody come to worship him today? Glory to God. Does he reign over your life? I can't hear nobody. Do, does he reign over your life? Did you come to give him some praise? Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together right there. Say, oh.
Come on, if you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, one more time, put your hands together. Can we just lift our hands and begin to love on the Lord today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. 
I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne, for you are God and God alone. Because of you, my cloudy days are gone. And I can sing to you the song. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. Come on, everybody. I lift my hands. Come on. In total adoration you reign on the throne for you are God and God alone cause of you my cloudy days are gone I can sing to you this song I just want to say I love you Jesus more than anything. Lord, you loved me in your arms. Yes, you loved me in your arms. You were my shelter. You were my shelter from the storm. All of my friends were gone. If you really love him, sing it with us. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. More than anything. More than anything. Somebody lift your hands and let's love on him.
call him today. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I love you, Savior. Love you because you first loved us. You showed us how to love. And we really love you, Jesus. Oh, yes, we love you, Lord. Come on, everybody say it. Say, Lord, I love you. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. We love you so much, and we thank you for the gift that you've given us, God, in abundant life, everlasting life, God. And we don't take it for granted, God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God, and in the life of this church, God. We give you glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands one more time, everybody. Now, listen, if you really love the Lord, you cannot love it without showing love to your neighbor. So if you would, get out of your seats, get out of your section. Love on your neighbors and welcome them to worship this morning. Amen. Everybody clap your hands and give the Lord praise as we welcome Theater Under the Sun. Good morning, Good Hope. 
This is the most wonderful time of the year. Hot chocolate, shopping, spending time with family and friends, enjoying the holiday season. Today, Theater Under the Sun wants to present to you the Christmas story. The Christmas story as written in the word of God. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and very familiar with suffering. Um, excuse me, what are you doing? Um, I'm talking. We are doing a drama presentation, right? Like, what else should I be doing? We're supposed to be talking about the Christmas story. I am, and this is what I came up with. I'm speaking of a prophecy about Jesus coming. Wasn't that part of the assignment? Yeah, but you're talking about Easter Jesus. We're supposed to be talking about Christmas Jesus. Christmas Jesus coming yeah, in? Yeah, you know, the baby in the manger and the whole thing. It's Christmas time. People are concerned about how they're going to finish their shopping and pay off their credit card in January. They don't want to hear sad stuff. But this stuff isn't sad. Oh, really? You just mentioned rejection, sorrows, and suffering. Yeah, that doesn't sound sad at all. It isn't pleasant, but it's part of the Christmas story. No, the Christmas story is about the manger and the taxes and the whole there was no room for them in the end part. But that is only part of the story. I know, but it's the holidays. People don't want to be challenged much. Baby Jesus is safe, he doesn't ask much from people, and he looks adorable and cute on a Christmas card. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the incarnate deity is safe. You're telling me that God becoming flesh and walking with sinful man on the sinful earth is safe? It's far from safe. It's radical. It's wonderful. I know, but most people forget about the whole God in the flesh part. They just like to hear about the stable and the donkey stuff. I think you're selling these people short. I think everyone understands what happened in Bethlehem that night. Now, don't you? Now, look, sweetie. <laughs> there are a room full of people here who have stepped outside of their hustle and bustle of their frantic shopping to come to church, and they just want a little hope. So we are going to tell them this nice Christmas story to make them smile and feel good. Then they can go on and get on with all the other things they have to do. Hope? But where's hope without the cross? What? I said, where's hope without the cross? Our hope isn't just that Jesus came. The birth of Jesus is amazing and beautiful and marvelous. But our hope, our hope comes from that cross and that empty tomb. But this is Christmas. Do we really need to talk about that now? If not now, then when? Our world has been saturated with watered-down versions of Christmas. What we, the church, must do is remember how beautiful and precious of a gift Jesus really is. We should be celebrating his birth all year long. What, what do you mean? I mean the true meaning of Christmas just doesn't stop after December 25th. He didn't just come to be a baby. He didn't just come to heal a few people here and there and start a religion. He came to die, die for the sins of yours and mine and for all the people of the world. And three days later, you know he rose again from the dead? And because of that, we all can have eternal life. Now, if that doesn't bring you hope 
joy and peace, then I don't know what will. You know what? You are so right. Christmas and Easter are connected. I never really thought that. Without one, you can't really have the other. The hope and peace we seek during Calvary was, the hope and peace we seek during Christmas was ultimately delivered on a hill called Calvary. Jesus truly is the reason for all the seasons. So what do you want to do now? Let's just start from the beginning and give everyone the whole Christmas story. Oh yeah. Are you sure? I'm sorry for interrupting you earlier. It's okay. Let's just start from the top. The Christmas story. As written in the word of God. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and very familiar with suffering. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the governments will be on his shoulders. Surely he took up our transgressions and carried our sorrows. And we will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yes, because we were considered stricken by God, smitten by him, and even afflicted. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken over the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. Yet we all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned his own way. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and was next in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to marry him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She placed in a major and wrapped him in cloths because there was no room for them in the inn. Worthy is the Lamb of God, for he sits on the throne. He has bore up our sins and has made intercession for our transgressions. For unto us a child is born. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Unto us a son is given. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And by his wounds, we are healed. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. He was crushed, he was pierced. And he rose again. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for the theater under the sun ministry. Well, good morning, everybody. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord this morning. Amen. 
You don't have to be able to carry a tune in a bucket to make some noise. Amen. Everybody can make noise. And we're grateful to God that we are still in the land of the living and able to give God praise for his goodness and his mercy. Uh, today is, uh, oh, first of all, to our, those who are streaming with us, man, let me take this opportunity to say good morning to you. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Church, and we are grateful for you being with us, whether you are streaming locally, nationally, or internationally. Thank you for being with us on today, allowing us into your home, giving us an opportunity to inform your head and inspire your heart to become all that God wants you to be. That's our commitment to help you be the best that you can possibly be. And if you live in the Houston metropolitan area, we want to extend to you a personal invitation to come and worship with us here. One of our two worship services, 8 a.m., uh, 10 a.m. Uh, we would love to have you and see your face in the place to show you the love of Jesus Christ in a personal way. Today, uh, the pastoral ministry emphasis is youth ministry. And uh, we'll hear from our youth a little bit later on. Um, but I really want to um, encourage you regarding what and whom God has called you to impact. Our youth ministry here is under the direction of Minister Justin Pouncil. Um, he is doing a tremendous job in terms of our outreach into our community. Uh, he's already the band chaplain at Yates and started a Bible study and mentoring uh, young men at Cullen Middle School and has been asked to come over to Sterling High School. And uh, we have our work cut out for us. Um, you remember just uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the homegoing of the Lindsey Mack, uh, his mother and father here this morning for worship service, 18 years old, killed outside of Lamar High School, was one of our former students here at Hope Academy. And the persona that he had built and developed online that was far more sinister than who he was in person and his family members knew him to be but that bedroom gangster got him killed. And uh, then the two young men who were shot, 24 years old, uh, outside of a strip club uh, on the southwest side of Houston, I got a chance to meet with that family. And again, that family, unaware of the depths of this young man's involvement in that life, and in some instances, the one that I went to see uh, he was uh, literally with the wrong person at the wrong time uh, because he was with a young man um, that they had tried to kill in the past and uh, were not successful. Uh, then got word that last night uh, one of the young men who was here at the Lindsay's funeral was shot and killed last night. And so this epidemic of killing is, as I'm getting word from others on the street, is going to get worse before it gets better. And, you know, it's interesting because years ago, um, I, I always wondered why my, my family moved, because I loved living in New York, and I wondered why my family moved 
and they they moved to South Jersey and I went from growing up on the city streets of New York feeling like I was in an episode of Green Acres you know farm living is the life for me and I'm shucking corn and slopping hogs and feeding chickens and all this stuff man and I'm like man how the city boy get out here and all this stuff but I know it was my father's attempt to move away from many of those influences even though they were there where I went just not in the preponderance that they were in New York but you can't get away from it today if your child has a phone um, you, you can move to wherever you want to move to and live wherever you want to live. But as long as they have that smartphone and they're not mature enough to know how to use it, um, they can connect with those people. Uh, our youth ministry is vitally important to helping to change the lives of these young people. And those of you who are here, as you know, we had our mobile ministry fair a couple of weeks ago, and we had just over 200 people sign up to get involved in ministry. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Now that was 200 more than are presently involved. But listen, there are so many of you in here, about 150 in this service, but there are so many more of you who need to get involved because all of us can think back when we were young people. There were people outside of our immediate family. There were people other than our mothers and fathers who impacted our lives and influenced our lives to help us get to where we are right now. And so I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to really be prayerful about where God wants you to serve. You don't have to get out there and play ball and run around with the kids to impact these kids' lives. As a matter of fact, many of them who come from short cycle families, you know, when you got, when you got a grandmama still trying to get her swerve on, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they don't have any real grandparents, they need some adopter grandparents. You know what I mean? Need some adopter grandparents. And, and so my hope and my prayer is that whether you're old or young, you would really make a commitment if God has given you a passion to reach young people uh, to work with our youth ministry. Amen? Amen. So our youth ministry is our highlight ministry for today. Now, I'm excited to uh, have come with us and worship with us today, uh, Ms. Yolanda Ford. Yolanda Ford, where are you? Come on, come on up on stage uh, so everybody can see you. Uh, Yolanda Ford is a candidate for mayor in Missouri City. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew this or not, we've got a whole lot of Missouri City folk that are part of this church. Um, and I want to say this, um, she is, uh, you all know I don't endorse candidates or anything like that, but I wanted to uh, recognize her and let you know that she is here. And uh, she has uh, 20 years of urban planning and development experience. She was a former mayor pro temp of Missouri City and former Missouri City planner. She's a native of Missouri City, and it will be if elected, and we believe that she will be elected, I think the first African-American mayor and, 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 and female, first African-American and first female. Um, there are a whole lot of you who live in Missouri City and those of you who know people who live in Missouri City, and we have watched, I think, 
the systematic demise of Missouri City. Missouri City used to be the place that folk from Third Ward moved to to get away from the hood, right? And I was talking to somebody on one occasion, and they said, uh, I said, well, I'm helping the church out in Missouri City. And they said, well, what part of Missouri City? I said, what do you mean? It's in Missouri City. And they said, no, no, there's three parts of Missouri City. I said, you have Missouri City, and then you have Mo City. No, no, this is true. They said, you have Missouri City, you have Mo City, and then you have Misery City. And we have watched the demise of the inner city. And I want you to know, just in case you didn't know, those demises, for example, of Freedmanstown becoming Fourth Ward and now redeveloped into Midtown, that ain't happened by accident. Man, there were folk in the, in the 50s and 60s who were planning to get black people out of Freedmanstown because it was prime real estate. And so when you have an intentional shutting off of government services, trash pickup, you know what I mean? Like everybody creates trash. It, you know, it's amazing though when everybody creates trash, if it only gets picked up in certain parts of town, then you make other folk look like what? They trashy, dirty, nasty people when you don't pick up their trash, but you pick up the trash over here. Or you take care of the infrastructure in this side of town, but you don't do anything about the infrastructure over here. And so it's important for us to be wise. Jesus said we got to be wise as serpents. Harmless as doves, but wise as serpents. And uh, the problem is the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. And so uh, I want to bring this young lady before you. We're going to pray for her. And I'm going to encourage you to call somebody that you know lives in Missouri City. Early voting ends on Tuesday. This is a runoff election. So you know folk don't come out for the runoff elections, right? Early voting ends on Tuesday. You can vote today from until I think it's 5, 12 to 5. So you can leave here, go on and vote, and then go get something to eat. Uh, early voting ends on the 4th, and the election is on the 8th, all right? Listen, y'all stretch out your hands. Let's cover this young lady in prayer. Father, we thank you for, uh, Sister Yolanda, for jumping into uh, this fight. Uh, there are many who are apathetic, and in their apathy, they really represent just how much they don't care about the community. But this sister has stepped out, um, has taken the hits, has been attacked, and so, God, we cover her in believing prayer right now, and we pray uh, that you would give her the strength to not just finish this race, but finish it well. And then, God, in accordance with your will for her, we pray victory right now, that she would be in a position and would not be a perpetuator of the problem, but would be a catalyst for a solution, that true change can take place in the hearts and minds and neighborhoods of people especially the disenfranchised and those who are the least, the last, and the lost. We thank you, God. Give her wisdom and guidance and her team around her. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all thank God for Ms. Yolanda Ford. I, I can't vote in Missouri City. I don't live there. I live in the hood, but if I could, I would. Amen. If I could, I would. And, uh, and so we want to... Uh, 
continue to cover her in prayer. All right? Where are my December birthdays? Stand on your feet wherever you are. All of the December birthdays. Ooh, yes. Well, we're singing happy. I hope and pray you have a happy birthday. Now, you know, normally I tell you to take the month, but since we celebrate Jesus' birthday in this month, at least let him have one day, all right? <laughs> Listen, today we will be concluding our series, I Am Hope, in terms of the preaching and thematic series, but certainly not the emphasis of this series, because I want you to leave here today understanding that God has deposited all you need to do all that he has called you to do. And as we think about the lives that we can touch and the lives that we've changed over the last several weeks, man, I've run into people all over and I, I believe it was a God incident. People would come up to me and say, man, pastor, you don't know, you may not remember me or you may not remember my great nephew who graduated from the first class in Hope Academy and he's doing so well now. And I just want to thank you for that. Or the young man I run into, uh, in the store, ran into him in the store, and he was telling me how grateful he was for the opportunity. All of that has come about because of the work and ministry of this church. But as great as that work has been, imagine how much greater it could have been with your involvement, with your commitment. And so as we continue our look around that theme, I am hope being church and not just coming to church. We're looking forward to what God has to say to us today. Praise team is going to come now and minister in song. And following that, we'll have our word for today. Come on, put your hands together as they come. Hallelujah. We want to thank God for all that he has done for us in our lives. How many of you believe the word of God? How many of you want to stand on the promises of God? All of the word is God breathed. We are more than conquerors, so as we actually walk through this life, remember that God is worthy of our praise. You are worthy of the highest praise. You're the giver of mercy and grace. My Redeemer, I will bless your name, Lord. You are worthy, oh Lord, you're worthy. You
God in prayer. Father, we thank you and bless you for this opportunity to come together again as a family of faith, to hear from your word, to be challenged to move from where we are to where you want us to be in our journey to spiritual wholeness and spiritual maturity. Meet each of us where we are and encourage us along the way. We ask your blessings right now, in Jesus' name, amen. This franchise was given birth to in September of 1966. It dealt with a subject matter that was not nearly as popular as it is today. As it chronicled the subversion techniques and covert movements of people around the world to bring about a change. In 1966, there wasn't a whole lot being said about the CIA, uh, M6, KGB. Uh, they were just, at best, figments of most people's imagination. But this show brought covert actions to the forefront. Now, if I told you the name, I, I know you would know the show because it has been brought back in later years as a TV series. It has been brought back later on as a movie series. But all you need to do is hear the music, and you'll know within the first couple of bars the franchise I'm talking about. Name that tune, you would get it, right? 
the theme from Mission Impossible. It was written by a gentleman by the name of Lalo Schifrin. And what was a little misleading about the title of that show is that Mission Impossible was really not impossible, right? The missions that were given, there was always a possibility. Now, it would be difficult. It would be trying. You would have to be creative. You would have to uh, really exercise some ingenuity. But it was really mission possible. And somebody may ask the question, well, why is that important for us today? It's important for us today because the truth of the matter is God has a mission for each of us. But not unlike that theme music, many of us deem that mission to be mission impossible for ourselves. The overwhelming majority of you don't realize, don't understand that God has deposited his very best in you. And that God wants to use you in a powerful way far beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine. Most of you in here are guilty of overvaluing what God has placed in somebody else and undervaluing and under-recognizing what God has deposited in you. And so today, as we conclude our series around this idea of I am hope and why it's more important to be church and not just come to church, I want to talk to you from the thought how to fulfill God's mission through your life. How to fulfill God's mission through your life. See, whether you realize it or not, God wants to use you. And God has a mission. But the question is, will you make yourself available to be used by God? If you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Here's the first of three things I want you to see today around this idea of fulfilling God's mission through your life. Number one, you need to realize your mission is to carry the gospel everywhere you go. If you are a Christian, if you have been washed in the blood and sealed by the Spirit of God, God has a mission for you to carry the gospel everywhere you go. Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. The Bible says that Jesus went everywhere. He went to the small cities and the small villages. He went to the large cities and the large villages. He went to the hamlets. He, he went everywhere proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that we fail to realize when we read the Gospels, the Gospels are not a uh, soap opera or story where we choose to identify with those in the story who need help. The gospel was really written as a Magna Carta for ministry to encourage those of us who know Jesus to recognize that God has called us to be like him and like the disciples in the world that we live in today. So instead of us identifying always with the character who is waiting on help, 
The Lord says, no, I need you to identify with the disciples and with myself who were responsible for giving help, understanding that when you give, you receive the fulfillment that you're ultimately looking for in life. Many of us have become passive, waiting on God to do something for us. And God says, I'm waiting on you to obey me. And it's in obeying me that you will find the ultimate fulfillment that you are looking for in your life. So watch what happens. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. I want you to circle the word seek and circle the word save. You see, Jesus gives us a charge. We are responsible to go to those. Now, what's interesting about that idea of going, you really don't have to go out of your way to find people who need the Lord. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, that passage that gives us the Great Commission where Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. The word go there in verse 19 is a participle. It's not a command. Jesus says as you go because he understands you don't have to make a special trip to find a special person who needs Jesus. Your neighborhood is filled with people who need Jesus. Your block is full of people who need Jesus. Somebody in here, your household is an evangelistic field with somebody who needs Jesus and quiet as it's kept for somebody else, your bedroom is an evangelistic field where there's somebody who needs Jesus. So watch what the Lord says. You need to make sure you carry the gospel everywhere you go. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's people who know you. You will be my witnesses in all Judea, people who don't know you. You will be my witnesses in Samaria, people who don't like you. And you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, people who don't expect you. Wherever you go, everywhere you go, he says you can be a witness. Well, what do we do when we're a witness? Look at A, you must proclaim the gospel everywhere. You must proclaim the gospel everywhere. Jesus went teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The word teaching there is to communicate a truth with the goal of giving somebody information that they do not already have or affirming information that they do have. Sometimes you give people a new word. Sometimes you just remind them of a word that they have already received. The word proclaiming there, caruso, is where we get that word to herald from or to publicly outcry. And the word gospel, euangelion, literally means a good message. You know it as the good news of the gospel. I was riding down the street 
from my house and I came to the corner of McGowan and Live Oak, McGowan and Live Oak. And I was waiting there at the stop sign about to turn and I looked over and I saw some brothers and a sister out there. They had their microphone and they had their speaker and they had pointed their microphone and speaker and they were preaching the gospel on the street corner as they were facing the Ralston liquor store on the corner of McGowan and Live Oak. Now, a couple of things came to my mind. First of all, I was thinking, you know, there's not a whole lot of traffic over here at this Ralston's. I said, you could probably get more traffic if you just wanted to preach the folk going into a liquor store over at Specs on... You know, like, go, go to the Specs in River Oaks, right? I was thinking, why, why, why y'all want to preach here, right? But, but I, I, I did want to applaud them for at least taking that initiative. But here's what's important for you to know. You don't need a microphone. And you don't need a box to amplify your voice to preach the gospel. Everywhere you go and everything you do is a proclamation of what you believe. So you don't have to stand in front of a crowd of people and say, my text today is. All you need to do is live and they can tell what you believe. Because behavior reveals belief. You show me what you believe by how you live. But watch this. You not only must proclaim the gospel wherever you go. Every opportunity you get, be salt and light in your speech. But look at B. You must practice the gospel everywhere. You must practice the gospel everywhere. The Bible says in verse 35, the B part, and healing every disease and every affliction. That word healing there, therapuo, where we get the word therapy from, literally means to wait upon, to bring relief, typically of a disease, to cure or to heal. Jesus says, and shows that you are not just to carry the gospel in terms of your words, but you must be the gospel in terms of your actions and bring healing to people by your presence. Can I tell you something? Everyone under the sound of my voice, those who are watching right now, you have presence. And as you move throughout your concentric circles of contact, whether it's family or friends or school or work or acquaintances. Here's what God says. You have a responsibility to bring some healing into those that you come in contact with. Your presence, your witness, your work, your worship should bring healing. What do you mean? Your presence should bless and not be a burden. Your, your presence should bring comfort and not a curse. Your presence should bring healing and not hurt. Your presence should lift up and not tear down. People ought to be glad to see you come and hate to see you go. Instead of like many people, hate to see you come and love to see you go. In this, in this season, this holiday season, you know, and, and there's going to be all kinds of Christmas parties. Man, what, what kind of blessing will your presence be? 
Or will it not matter whether or not you're even there in terms of adding some godly value to what's going on? Look at Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must respond to hurting and homeless, uh, hopeless people with compassion. You must respond to hurting and hopeless people with compassion. When he saw crowds, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to circle that word saw. The Bible says Jesus saw the crowds, not just with his eyes, but with his heart. And I submit to you that many of us who have great eyesight have poor heart sight. We don't see people with our heart near as much as we see them with their eyes. We see them with our eyes. See, a person says something to us or they look a certain way. For example, we look at somebody who is less well off than us, and in our minds, they must have less Jesus than us. So let's help those poor people come to know Jesus. When in actuality, the person who's riding a bus this morning has a better prayer life than you driving up here with a six-figure car. God, God says, no, you, you, you need to see people and, and not just see them, but see them for real. That word saw literally means to, to have knowledge, to know. Right? To, to see them and understand. The word compassion there speaks to feeling sympathy, having pity for somebody. That, that word is used to refer to the weariness and fatigue that results from labor and being burdened, when somebody is being has been beaten down, when somebody has been beaten on, God says you got to see them with compassion, with pity. Why? Because if they, if you don't see them that way, who will? Listen, Jesus pities these people because they are spiritually lost, and and you know a lot of times we respond to the flesh in our flesh and miss the opportunity to speak to people at their deepest place of need and that's a bruised and hurting spirit. Uh, think about this for a moment. You ever got upset at somebody, lashed out at somebody, said something and the Holy Spirit convicted you and you had to go back and apologize and maybe that apology went something like this. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I was going through a whole lot at the time. And I, I didn't mean it at you. I was frustrated, and I just directed it towards you. Hope you can forgive me. Right? Or something like that. Now, now listen. If a person doesn't have compassion to know that you were going through something, especially after you told them, then how would they respond to that? Would they forgive? No, because they can't forgive if they're not coming out of a spirit of compassion. Right? You've got to be able to look at people and see their hurt beyond what they say. 
that, that's the problem that we have here at our church. That, that's a problem that, that we have that we're working on even with our community empowerment event. Like when you have people who are hurting, when you have people who are hungry, how are you going to take it personal when they say something to you? I don't care who it is. Parking lot ministry, greeters, ushers, they are the line of first contact. They are in contact with hurting people before anybody else comes, before the preacher ever gets up, before the choir ever sings, before a deacon prays. That's the place we need our most spiritually mature folk, not the least mature folk. Because when somebody come in, they could be cussing you out because of something that happened at home. And you have a choice as to how you respond to that. Because watch this. If you know you didn't do anything, then why respond like you did? Now, just in case you think I'm picking on the parking lot ministry and the ushers and the greeters, I'm talking about you too. Because we do the same thing once they get in here. Took my seat. Sat where I want to sit. How dare she, the unmitigated goal, to take the seat that I sit in every week that I'm here. You can't respond in compassion. You can't see people compassionately when you are all rooted in yourself. So you have a choice to be compassionate or not be compassionate. And remember this, compassion is never based on what somebody deserves. It's always based on what they need. That's the root of God's mercy for us. Not what we deserve, what we need. Because if it was based on what we deserve, man, justice would be our daily lot. His mercy, his compassion is rooted in what we need. So watch what the text says. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus says that the condition of Israel was a spiritual condition that was a reflection of the failure of their spiritual shepherds. The absence of shepherds. Shepherdless sheep always get in trouble. Shepherdless sheep are never healthy. Shepherdless sheep don't live long. Shepherdless sheep are those who look battered and bruised. And he says, we got a world full of people who are shepherdless, who have nobody guiding and nobody leading them. Ezekiel 34, I'm not going to read it for you, but when you get home, read that passage, verses 1 through 10, because Ezekiel talks about the need for a shepherd. And for somebody in here, need for a shepherd in your life, somebody to guide your life. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to recognize the multiple opportunities you have to positively touch people's lives with the gospel. The multiple opportunities you have to positively touch people's lives with the gospel. 
Now, remember what we said. The gospel is not just what you speak. It's what you live. It's not just what you proclaim. It's what you practice. It's not just what you say. It's what you show. They ought to hear the gospel, but they ought to see the gospel as well. Watch what he says. Verse 37. Let's read it together. Verse 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is abundant. The harvest is copious. The harvest is bountiful. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is the laborers are few. Listen to me carefully. We had our mobile ministry fair. Man, I praise God. Over 200 people registered and signed up for ministries beyond those who are already actively involved in ministries. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. That's wonderful. But there's at least twice that many who are sitting here right now who are not signed up for anything and doing nothing. And your faith must be defined as more than just an hour and a half congregational meeting on Sunday morning. He says the harvest is plentiful. What does that mean? That means the folk in need are plentiful. Opportunities to touch and change lives, plentiful. We don't ever have a shortage of children. Man, if we open up to this neighborhood and say we want to minister to the children, we have hundreds of children. But we wouldn't have hundreds of children's ministry workers because the harvest is right, but the laborers are few. Shame on us when we sit on the seat of do nothing and then complain about what's going on in the world around us. Because while you are sitting on the seat of do nothing, what you are not understanding is you are not part of the solution. You are part of the problem. There's a overwhelming number of people who need the love of God. But the question is, will you be and will you pray for laborers to come? Look at, uh, look at A, pray for God to send workers into the harvest. See, the harvest of children is ripe. 90% of people come to know Jesus before the age of 18. Harvest is ripe. Youth need love, guidance in this world that overexposes them to adult things even when they have a child like mine. Women need help in growing and becoming the women that God has called them to be. So they, they are not living in this Cinderella syndrome to have a big wedding but not committed to being a wife. The harvest of men is ripe. It's ripe. They have been born boys, but I have not understood that there's a choice that must be made and there's a challenge to becoming and moving from 
boyhood to manhood because you are male by birth, but you become a man by choice. And your manhood is not defined by how active you are below the waist. And you should not be defined by the number of children you have. But by your ability to love as God has loved. And that your greatest gift to the world is not who you are below the waist, but who you are and who you become above the neck. The harvest is ripe. But the laborers are few. He says, pray for God to send workers into the harvest. Literally, that word for pray means to beg, to petition, to plead to God. How many of you in your prayer life are praying and saying, God, send workers? Man, there are thousands of people who are out here who need Jesus. God, I'm praying, send workers. Send workers to, to, to save children. Save workers to help save you. Save workers. When I announced that a young man was killed who was at the funeral, I don't know if he was one of the 20 that responded to the gospel call. But, but when we heard that this young man was shot and killed and he was just at a funeral two weeks ago and all of us would gasp. But how many of us would get up and say, I'm going to do my best to not have another go out like that on my watch. And I'm going to help this church reach as many young people and change as many lives as we can possibly change. Yeah, most of y'all quiet. I understand. It's convicting. I got you. Are you, are you praying for God to send some workers? Well, watch B. Become the answer to your prayer by becoming a worker in the harvest. Become the answer to your own prayer. We highlighted that young lady, Yolanda Ford, who's running for mayor. Do you think she didn't have any complaining? come to her or do any complaining herself about what was going on in Missouri City, Mo City, and Misery City? You didn't think, you don't think she looked at the community that she was born in and grew up in and not identify problems in that community? But she made a decision. Whether she wins or loses, she made a decision to fight. She made a decision to become the answer to her own prayers. So instead of sitting there saying, you know what, somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to do something about these children out here killing each other. Somebody needs to do, what? Well, you to somebody. Be the answer to your own prayer. See, when people are in need of God's direction, guidance, and love, what you fail to realize is you're the person that God has chosen to give them direction, guidance, and love. And so your prayer for workers should raise your sensitivity, but your answer to your own prayers can help make the change that God wants to see. Share the message of love and show the practice of love. We share the message of love and we are to show the practice of love. 
John chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? John chapter 9, verse 4, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Ephesians 5, 16, let's read it together. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Man, it's, it's like Paul wrote that for 2018, isn't it? Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And if you're wondering whether or not you can make a difference, here's what I would encourage you to understand. Many times when you plant seed or water seed, you will never get a chance to see that seed germinate in the fruit. But we will not give up on people and we will not give up on God because God has not given up on us. And we will trust God. We will trust God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I pray now that everything that has been said, everything that has been preached and proclaimed, God, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, help everybody to recognize what their mission is and then to take hold of that mission and do all that they can, not just to pray for harvesters, but to become the answer to their prayers. I thank you for those who have signed up and engaged in ministry, God, and I pray that you would even give us a greater harvest at the first of the year, that more people would see the call and claim and responsibility that you have given us and help them to know that the ultimate fulfillment of their lives, what they are praying and asking you to do, God is more likely to get done when they do what you have commanded them to do because you bless obedience. And the miracles that we stand in need of now, we position ourselves to receive on the other side of obedience. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone who can, everyone who will, stand on your feet wherever you are. Those of you who are watching via streaming, let me take this opportunity to thank you for being with us today. If you'd like more information about how to become a part of our church family or you want information on how to become a Christian, you can go to our website, goodhope.org, goodhope.org, and find that information. You, see, you should see some prompts there as you are streaming. Uh, you can give us a call as well. Give us an opportunity to help you fulfill your potential in Jesus Christ. In this place, upstairs or down to my left or to my right, I want to extend an opportunity for you to say yes to God today. If you need the Lord, 
there are men and women who are up front and all around who would like to show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. We won't look at you funny. I promise you we'll rejoice when you come because there's nothing better than knowing Jesus. If you're here today looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, man, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just in the process of becoming, and we welcome you, my brother. We welcome you, my sister, to join us on the journey. The wonderful thing about God is he loves you where you are, but what's even better is he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there. If you let him, he'll make something beautiful out of your life. Come on as the praise team sings. Make that step today. Come on and come and say yes to the Lord. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. He will pick you up and turn your life around. He will pick you up and turn your life around. cover our sister in prayer. Father, we thank you and bless you for our sister who's come today. God, we don't know all that she's come through, but we believe that her better days are in front of her. And we pray now for the season of her journey here at the Good Oak Church, that she will find all that she needs to continue to become all you want her to be. Bless her right now in the name of Jesus and do with her as you will to help her become all you want. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for our sister today. You may be seated. You may be seated. You know, as I was extending the invitation, the Lord really impressed it upon my heart that there's somebody who's here today who wanted to come and you didn't come for whatever reason. Um, so one of two things I want you to do uh, either pull out a blue card in front of you, the in-touch card, if there's a card in front of you, 
and fill out that card and drop it in the offering basket so somebody can contact you privately to talk to you about the spiritual decision that you want to make. Or go online, go to our website, goodhope.org, and just send an email letting us know, hey, I, I have a question about knowing the Lord and uh, want to become a Christian. Whatever the question is, however you want to phrase it, and somebody will contact you privately. We don't want our tradition to stand in the way of you having a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Um, we're going to have the announcements. Let me just make one announcement to get started, and then I'm going to turn it over to Master Control. December the 15th, December the 15th, which is a Saturday, Saturday morning, actually all day Saturday, from 8 to 4, I believe, or 8 to 5, um, we are going to be launching a program that the Lord put on my spirit, and it's called Ending the Year in the Pink. Ending the year in the pink. End the year in the pink. And as you know, there's a phrase, end the year in the black. Everybody wants to be in the black when it comes to money. You don't want to end the year in the red. But when we talk about breast cancer awareness, October, of course, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But there are a lot of women who go through the month of October and then get into the holidays in November. And I was just talking to a sister the other day who said, you know what? I have to get my, I, have, I haven't gotten my checkup. We're going to bring a mobile mammogram unit here on our campus. Intended, amen. Yeah, thank God for that. Um, this is going to be in partnership with the um, Breast Care Center of Texas Southern University and uh, the School of Pharmacy. And so uh, we're going to be doing this on December the 15th. Uh, we need 30 women to sign up. If you have insurance, you can sign up. Um, if you don't have insurance or you are underinsured, this is a free mammogram. It's also, they also have capabilities for those who have uh, various needs beyond just the normal mammogram machine, all right? So this is going to be December the 15th. I want you to help me spread the word um, because I want this end the year in the pink campaign to be something that spreads so that we can encourage, as you know, African-American women, uh, we are more likely contracted. And when you contract it, you are more likely to die from it because the strains that are attacking African-American women are the strongest strains that they have seen. Now, we're going to be doing the same thing in the coming months. I'll be meeting with the president of TSU, and I'm hoping that we can get the School of Pharmacy to apply for a grant to do the same thing for African-American men and prostate cancer. Because if you are an African-American male, you are in the high-risk category. Risk doesn't get any higher for you. It's those who have a family history and all African-American men. We are three times more likely to contract a disease, six times more likely to die from it. So you want to make sure that you get checked. Amen? Amen. So that's going to be December the 15th. All day we're going to have the, the mobile unit here scheduled. And uh, I think we have about 22 women signed up already. And we're hoping to get 30. And if we get a lot more, then we're going to start the year in the pink and bring the, bring the unit back here in January as well. All right? All right, Master Control, we're in your hands.
The Good Hope Marriage Enrichment Ministry presents In the Pursuit of Perfect Harmony Half-Day Marriage Conference, Saturday, January 19th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. A free continental breakfast will be served and admission is free. Hey family, True Youth here. Every Wednesday while you are attending Bible study with Dr. Mallory Green, the True Youth Ministry is also having Bible study on the third floor of the Center for Hope. Bring your youth grades 6 through 12 for food and fellowship. We will be diving into the book of John to better grasp who Jesus is, why he came to die for us, and how we can be better followers of Christ. Hope to see you there. In celebration of Christmas and the new year, Good Hope will have family worship Sunday, December 23rd and December 30th. True Youth and Children's Church will resume Sunday, January 6, 2019. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Come join us as we honor and celebrate Pastor Cofield's 57th birthday on December 15th in The View from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Hope to see you there. Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. Amen. So we were looking for somebody to play the younger D.Z. Cofield in the D.Z. Cofield story. And uh, <laughs> this is Minister Justin Pouncil. He's our new youth minister here at Good Hope. And uh, man, God is using him in such a great way in our community, along with our youth here at the church. Come on, let's thank God for him. I was teasing him earlier because uh, years ago I had an opportunity to preach for Dr. Gardner Taylor, who was, by all accounts, the dean of preachers and was proclaimed by many to be the greatest preacher of the 20th century, uh, black or white. And I got a chance to preach for him. And when I finished, he stood me up next to him and he looked at me. He said, young man, he said, I want you to know when I was your age, I looked just like you. He said, but the bad news is when you get my age, you will look just like me. <laughs> Justin has such a great heart for ministry. Today we are emphasizing and celebrating our youth ministry. And as we see young people losing their lives and wasting their lives and taking lives, we've got to get involved. Uh, somebody called me out of the neighborhood and they said, Pastor, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. Um, you've got to, you, we've got to reach these young people. And one of the things that I know is we can't be scared of our own children. Amen. How many of you know perfect love casts out fear? And some of our children, they're so angry, they're so hurt because they've been left to raise themselves. And when you reach out to them and you talk to them, man, you can't believe how how these kids respond when they see me out there and I go out there and just talk to them and just like, hey, man, what's going on? And then they find out who I am. They're like, man, you pastor that big church over there? 
Like, and you out here talking to us? I'm like, yeah, because your life matters. And we've got to do that. We've got to go out and find our young people. I'm going to give Justin a couple of minutes, then we're going to worship the Lord in giving, but I want you to know part of what we support here and what we are doing with our young people. Come on, y'all show them some love as it comes. Yeah, y'all might, might want to back up. Uh, where my true youth people at? Come on in. Come on in. Don't be scared, y'all. We, we ain't going to be a bit too much longer. Matt, where we at? Yeah, come on up here. We done been through this. Come on, uh, my, my volunteers, come on up here. Volunteers, come on up here. So y'all gonna act brand new, huh? So this is the true youth. And so they have a little chant that they wanna, they about to get hyped for y'all real quick and then I'm gonna come right back. thing for me in youth ministry is doing life on life. If we don't do life on life, like I can tell you about Jesus and like I tell them about Jesus every Sunday, but if I don't check on you, if I don't do life with you, then you're going to continue doing the same thing you did before. So y'all can clap. Hey. Yeah. Praise the Lord, everybody. See, that gave me the mic. Sorry, Pastor. And gave me the mic. This is what I do. Um, so if you are looking to volunteer, come talk to me, Miss Tiffany, Morgan, and I don't see Dennis. Where's Dennis? He was really earlier. But we want to do life on life with these kids because that's what we got when we was growing up, right? If somebody didn't pour into you, if somebody didn't be on your head, even though you didn't like it, you wouldn't be sitting in these pews. Let's just be honest about that. And that's what the Lord is doing, and that's what we're doing here at Good Hope 
and in the youth department. So if you know any kids, send them on my way. Send them my way. If you know what school they go to, I'll go hit them in the head at school. Like, what's up? Your grandmother told me about you. <laughs> Your grandmama told me about you. What's up? And they'd be like, oh, hey. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build kids for the next generation that know and love who Jesus is so that when they get in out of high school, that's when they, they know how to walk this thing out. Because if nobody shows them, it's on us, not them. And that's the problem that we're having today is that no one is showing them. No one is showing them how to walk this thing out. So y'all pray for us. If you want to be a volunteer, come holler at me. All right? All right? All right. All right. Come on, y'all make some noise for the true you. I, I just asked him to put something together real quick just to come in. So I want to thank Minister Justin Pounce. They, they, this wasn't planned. They wasn't expecting it. It's just me doing what I do, asking people to do stuff at the last minute as the Lord gives it to me. I, I just grew up in that era when, it, you know, the old folks say, be also ready, you know. <laughs> yeah. But we thank God for our young people, man. We're looking forward to some... Uh, really great things next year. Uh, we're going to be praying. We're already meeting about bringing back our 12 o'clock service um, that's going to be specifically geared for our young people. It's going to be a whole new iteration for them. Amen. And uh, we're, we're excited about, about what we sense and see God doing. And, and to see people like uh, young Chuck Cohen and Morgan and others who were part of the youth ministry to see them now back involved as leaders. That's just a tremendous thing. Amen. Amen. And so we're grateful to God for that. All right. We're going to worship the Lord in giving. Okay. Cause some of y'all looked at me like we already gave. I'm like, no, we didn't. We're going to worship the Lord in giving. For those of you who are visiting, this is our one and only opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. We're a little bit over time today, but that's okay. We're going to worship the Lord in giving. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, and then we're going to go home from this place. All right? Let's worship the Lord in giving. You can give online. Go to goodhope.org and set up your giving through Push Pay. Uh, you can also uh, still give through Givelify if you haven't transitioned out of that yet. And you can give via check or cash as well. All right? Make sure you give, be faithful in your giving, and remember God loves a cheerful giver. Got to get my phone out so I can do my giving as well.
to this time of celebrating the Lord's Supper. We've had a good word today. Now it's time to remember what our pastor was preaching about. The Bible tells us clearly what the instructions are. Do this in remembrance of me. So whatever is going on in your mind, whatever you're thinking about when you leave, I just pray that you put that on the side right now and spend time now remembering what God and Jesus Christ has done for you. He did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. He did something for you that Big Mama couldn't do. Paul Paul couldn't do. Only he did. So when we come to this table, we come with sincerity. We come with knowing it's real. Most of all, we come with a thankful heart. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Because if he had not died, where would we be? But thank you, God, that he finished his redemptive assignment on a hill called Calvary. Oh, bless his name. Let us pray. God, we come right now at this time to remember that you died for our sins. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And so we thank you. And we take time right now to remember all you've done for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
Thank God for the blood that never loses its power. Has everyone been served and desired to be served? On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it and he gave thanks. Let us eat together. Then he took the cup and he lifted it and he gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks for the blood. That, that idea always blows my mind. He gave thanks for the blood that he was going to shed for you and I. That we ought to give him thanks. Let us drink together. God, we thank you today for loving us so much that you gave us your only begotten son. Thank you for loving so much that you gave him an assignment that he finished just for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're mighty good to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 take this opportunity all of those who have children in children's church if you could go and pick up your children the children's ministry workers are now being held hostage and so they would like for you to come pick up pick up your your little lovely bundles of joy um, before we uh, welcome our visitors do want you to keep in prayer, Pastor Sloan. He will be leaving Uganda Tuesday night and will be getting back on Wednesday. He just completed his final preaching and teaching assignment there. And so he's packing and getting ready to take off. And so uh, we want to cover him in prayer. Looking forward to hearing the tremendous things that God did through him and with him there in Uganda. And we're grateful for uh, that extension of the Good Hope Church to take hope to the world. Amen? Amen. We've got, um, yeah. We also have a uh, short-term mission trip coming up next year to Ghana. Um, as you know, Vicenz went there many years ago, and they are still involved in World Venture, now over all of Africa, um, but we've made connections with those who have followed them there. And so there will be a short-term mission trip to Ghana next year. And want to encourage those of you who are praying about and thinking about uh, going on that trip to uh, be part of that interest meeting. Uh, nothing will change your life like a trip to a short-term uh, mission area. Uh, and so want to encourage you to do that. All right? Amen. Come on, y'all say amen. Reverend Bell's going to come back. 
All right, a couple of things. You, you notice the announcement that uh, on December the 15th, we got a full day. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a special celebration for our senior pastor. All right. All right. So, so everybody's invited. Everybody. You know how some parties say, hey, I, don't tell nobody I want them to come. We're telling everybody. Be here Saturday evening and celebrate Pastor's birthday, his 57th birthday. Amen. So if you like to dance, you like to do a little wobble and whatever else you like to do, come on. It's going to be some of that. But most of all, show him some love on Saturday, December the 15th. All right? All right. Thank you. Now, um, all of the regular uh, Awana is Wednesday. Bible study is Wednesday, 12 noon. We will not have discovery classes next week. Uh, the greeters have their event uh, Friday evening at 7 o'clock. The greeters, are, I know you know about it, but uh, we're going to remind you to be there. All right? So that's all of the announcements. Remember, I was sick and shut in. And our bereaved families in prayer. All right? Now, it's time to recognize our guest. So if you're visiting with us for the very first time, would you please stand? If it's your second visit, please stand. And your third visit, please stand. We just want to recognize you. We're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. Amen. Yeah. All right. Amen. Please remain standing. All right. Well, we're so glad that you came and worship with us today. We hope and pray something has been said or done that will bless you along the way this week. Now, because you're here, we have a special reception just for you. So I'm going to ask that you gather your things and follow this young lady, this young man, who are part of our guest relations ministry, and they're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about the Good Hope Church. All right, show them some love, church. They came to worship with us today. All right. Isn't that nice? Nice family. Got the baby with them, the everything. All right. Hey, y'all appreciate that the, the, the youth? Wasn't that good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always amazed me how they try to get, you know, bashful right up here. Y'all, y'all know how y'all be cutting up. Come on up up here and cut up for the Lord. Cut up for the Lord. Y'all, you know, amen. All right. Everybody good? Let's stand and be this man. All right, God, we come to thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for challenging us in your word. Thank you for reminding us afresh that the harvest is ripe and the labors are few. Thank you for challenging us that where we go, we can be a witness to your saving blood. Thank you, Lord. So we bless your name. So Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that you bless them this week as they rise up early and settle late. And bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we meet again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. All right, hug three or four people on your way out.